This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. This is the Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecator.com. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Dom, you're the coolest for that one. You are the coolest for that one. Hour two is here. Yes, it is. Hour one in the books. Eric Lee Show, Richard Community College's Courtney Carson, downtown Decatur. Presented by Earth Mover Credit Union. Longest title in the land. That's all right, though. It's all right. It's all right. Give them love. <laughs> We're deserved. Richland, Earth Mover. Appreciate it. We start hour two. And, uh, we, we we're, we're going to praise and, and this, this, this is how you intro a guy. Then he feels praised and bashed all at one time mm-hmm. because he's one of the smartest people I've ever met uh-huh. with the brokest jumper that Courtney's going to say he's ever seen. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the Kansas city barbecue pit hotlines. AD Adrian Carson well, joins us. Uh, Courtney's not very kind to your jumper. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the thing is, you don't have to have a jump shot if you can get to the bucket. That's true. That's what I said. I go, I probably back in the day uh, would have would have made fun of Adrian's shot, but I couldn't stop him from getting to the basket. So, but hey. how, how could you get any shots off when a guy like Courtney or your brother Chris were never going to let you shoot anyway? Um, you know, those are just those, those are just battles where uh, they do a whole lot of fouling. Um, you know, hey, hey. You do what you can. You know? Hey, man. Hey, AD, quick question. Yeah. Eric Lee was on your Gus Macker team when your team uh, beat uh, Chris and I team, Chris and my team, a while um, ago? Yeah. I remember you was had, you had some white guys, so we kind of took it light. We just knew we was going to win this game. Trust me, I didn't take any credit for the win. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. AD got some white guys on the cell. Oh, yeah, we got this. <laughs> oh, no, but, yeah, I think the, the most heartbreaking part of that was that, you know, as me, Brian, we're out here thinking all of these people who came to watch this game, family included, that they came to watch us as well. Yeah. Family members were just as upset that we won <laughs> anybody. Right. It was pretty quiet after that game. It was different. It was different. Chris and I, we weren't used to losing, man. Uh, was, and so when we did. I, that had to be one of the greatest we looked at each accomplishments other like, of AD's career was a beat Chris. We lost to them. <laughs> yeah. See, y'all played like a MAGA team. We played like a team. Yeah, you got a point, man. Get the we ball to BT. But we definitely had some. I'm pretty some sure. The... I'm pretty sure Craig was our fourth. Wasn't it? Wasn't it eighty? Um, I think it was Tim. Tim Day. Oh, okay. okay. So we're going. To... Oh, I would have never remembered playing with Tim. That's right. That was it. Yeah, yeah, had... yeah. Tim, Tim had the defense too. You know, we played soccer together. That's right. <laughs> That yeah. was a different kind of basketball. I don't know what the secret was, man, but I think it's because AD knew how to oh. how to play Chris and oh. he knew all they gonna do is pass to each other and spread out, and let them AD, go one on one. The one thing I remember was AD did not stop talking to Chris the entire game. <laughs> AD was the only person. AD got that's why I'm saying he got the wisdom and the knowledge. He was the only person that could literally get to Chris, man. For some reason, that's how it's been. Ever since I've known, you yeah. know, yeah. they AD was the guy that could get to Chris. And another big secret was I didn't touch the uh, I didn't touch a floor. So. <laughs> so I know there wasn't on your nobody on your team. I was guarding. Hey, quick question, <laughs> AD, AD. I've yeah. never known you to sing a song. I know you, you're like my favorite rapper, one of the best rappers I know. But I've never known you to sing a song. What so, song do you sing in the shower? Sing a song in the shower. You know, I don't really. Uh, well, you know, I, okay, I'm not gonna lie either. Um, I I listen to a lot of Tony 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 like mm-hmm. wow. in the in between time. So yeah, uh, you know it depends on it depends which record depends on on the day. But you know <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm really singing so much as I'm just kind of like I'm imagining myself singing. But I don't you know I don't really be singing loud. I did. I would. Tony, Tony, Tony would have been in the top thousand guesses. <laughs> hey man, hey, Eric, this, this I gotta say this man because he, AD looks like my grandmother more than anybody I know for yeah. some reason. Man, oh, yeah. he got her nose, her lips, her smile, her you know, handles, her her, her handles. Yeah. I think her intelligence as well. Uh, it, it took me. I knew. I always knew he's a smart guy. Hank. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but he's gone on. What what you've been doing professionally has been mind blowing. Yeah, um, you're, you're right now, and we have, we just jumped into this as friends and haven't even handled this professionally. Adrian is the <laughs> assistant professor of hip hop 
at the University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're now a member of the Millican University Alumni Board. Yep. Um, and and it, what what do I talk, a contributor or, or no? Okay, you're a co-editor of the of the Global Hip Hop Studies Journal for In the Cipher. What is In the Cipher? Help me out with what that is. Uh, well, be looking at the kinds of things that people will. I mean, so it's you know, Global Hip Hop Journal be essays and um, hopefully okay. music videos, music comma videos or whatever you know, interviews those kinds of things. So that particular part is about the stuff that's coming from practitioners, people who make music or people who uh, who paint, people who dance. And uh, so I'll be co-editing uh, that piece for the journal. Okay, and that's a one-time piece, or it's a regular? no, no, no. This is this is this will be ongoing. Okay, right? okay, and that that hasn't started yet. It it has. I mean, I just joined the. I joined I that uh, maybe uh, I was asked about a month or two ago, okay. and it was just official maybe last month. Sometime. So so it's kind of a digital newsletter. It sounds like essentially. No, it's a it was well, an academic journal. Okay. But, um, yeah. Academic be, journal. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, uh, you know, the, the Millican Alumni Board, is that something you ever even thought of? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's a – is that a goal of people as a guy that didn't finish college? I don't know. No. Well, it wasn't It wasn't one of my goals. I think that there, you know, it's kind of twofold. Part of it is because the folks who asked me to be uh, part of it are people that I trust. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is that, you know, if I have my longstanding um, relationship, you know, with and against universities, I think that this is a way that – uh, all of the work that I find myself doing or that I found myself doing in places like South Carolina when I was at Clemson yeah. and here at UVA being um, in, in Virginia, um, I can also put some of my energy into doing similar kinds of work in Decatur and at the university from which I got my, you know, like my um, undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the kinds of change, the, the transformative change that I believe um, should happen and I hope uh, will happen in the places where where I am is also the kind of thing that I could help facilitate and have a, a better relationship with the the university that I come from, and hopefully that's going to be a tie with the community there in Decatur. And so then I'm not just talking about it in some kind of abstract terms. Sure, I have uh, the ability, and I'm also challenged to do some work right there um, in Decatur. Uh, particularly at Milliken, but hopefully that challenge will always be filtered through my experience and my life as um, a person who's from Decatur with family still in Decatur. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, plenty. There's plenty of it. Plenty. Still in Decatur. Yeah, plenty. Um, you, what, what, what does being on the board? Like, what, what is that? How much uh, is that? Time-consuming thing? Is that a monthly thing? Is that uh, how many? And how many members are there? Um, I don't. I, I think I feel like they put out a press release sometime. Yeah, uh, I should have found. Um, that. Yeah, but um, the Zoom calls. <laughs> there's a lot of people on Zoom. Yeah, uh, okay. I don't know for sure how many how many members there are uh, currently. You can get a voice in there though. But yeah, 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 and I think that you know, I th- again, I believe that the ask comes from, and you know, it's a process that you go through a nomination, and you know, like I'm, I, I presume that they vote, but like all of that um, is it, for me, it was a, a matter of respect that folks weren't asking just to say that you know, like who. Uh, whoever this person is is uh, someone who's a part of this team. I feel like it was a it was a respectful it was an ask out of respect. Yeah. And um, and then knowing that I will that I am a person who will speak up and and will issue challenges when they need to be issued and uh, and also listen whenever I need to listen and that that won't be a thing that will be perceived as um, as disrespect or uh, you know something that's against that board or that's against the university. In the same way that I say, you know, in my criticisms um, of, uh, of you know, like of home or generally or of the university or of, of uh, you know, Clemson, where, I, you know, I got my Ph.D. or even where I work currently, um, I'm not I'm not issuing challenges because um, I, I hate the place. I'm issuing challenges because the places that say that they are welcoming should actually be welcoming. Mm hmm. You know, that they should do the things that they say that they claim to do, and they should do those things for all of the people who are there in those places. And, you know, with regard to universities, I I also hope that the consideration is the communities that those universities are in. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like folks are coming, you know, folks are coming into Decatur 
uh, for four years for part of the year. Yeah. And then they're going back to wherever they're from. But folks in Decatur, folks who live in Decatur, live in Decatur. And, you know, some of them are going to live there for, for their lives. Even some of the folks at the university are going to move and then, like, make, make their lives in Decatur. Yeah. And um, it shouldn't be something that we start to think about, you know, how the relationship between the, the university and the the relationship between the university and the community shouldn't be a thing that we only start to think about when we move into the community. Gotcha. Right, right. You know, I'd, no. I'd like to say, though, the, the world, we've had a lot of things happen in the world. I'd like to say there's been changes. But it's kind of, yeah. the, it's kind of the same old world <laughs> that we're familiar with in a, in a lot of different ways, which is scary. Are, are you starting to see any, any positive movement? We, you know, this, this show, we stress, have conversations, talk a little bit. Um, yeah, uh-huh. start crossing, start crossing what you might see as an invisible barrier. Who mm-hmm. who cares? Um, you know, just spread love. You know, are, are you seeing any positive come out of what's happened in the last nine months, uh, you know, in the world of, of race relations? Yeah. You know, well, the thing is, I, I feel it's, pre- it's pretty difficult to, 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 for me to frame it in that way. Mm-hmm. And the reason, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> the reason I find it difficult to frame it in sort of a, a progress narrative, um, is because, I believe that, um, you know, I had this really hilarious conversation with, uh, it's like through uh, DMs with uh, James Lowen, the historian, sociologist guy who uh, wrote Lies My Teacher Told Me. He's from uh, Decatur. And yeah. um, he said that he moved from Decatur in 1955. And um, But, you know, in his book that came out, I believe, in 1995, he talks about, um, um he, he talks about, you know, like the ways that history books uh, falsely tell, or they tell, you know, it's bad history that kind of apologizes for, um, you know, horrible people across American history, you know, okay. particularly white supremacists, uh, you know, nationalists, uh, terrorists, et cetera. Um, and uh, when I sent him the link to this uh, new album, I Used to Love to Dream, he <clears throat> he told me that he read it, uh, but, you know, like he, he said, like, yeah, I didn't listen to it. I, I wanted more. And, uh, and I, and I get that, you know, he's 78 years old. Uh, but he also, uh, he, he asked the question about whether Decatur is better now than it was in 1955. And I think that that is, it's understandable that somebody would ask a question like that. Is it better now than it was in 1955? Uh, because, um, I don't know if you all saw on the, I think the census release and data says that Decatur, is one of the, you know, like fastest shrinking cities in the country. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, like there's a USA Today poll that came out um, a, a minute ago that said that Decatur was like one of the one of the top 15 worst places for to live for black people. Right. And and my response to that isn't to automatically try to defend Decatur or to try to defend like my coming up there or to try to defend all of the, you know, like the, the, the way that they made that list. When when we do that, then I think that maybe we also negate the reality of like that those statistics or that those lists point to. And so to ask someone if the hell that your parents or your grandparents went through is somehow worse than the hell that you are going through without acknowledging that you are actively actually going through hell right now seems to be a kind of cruel question to ask a person if they're going and living through hell. Mm hmm. So my question would be, what can we do to make the hell that we're living with less hellish? What can we do to make that better rather than comparing uh, and saying that you should be glad that you're not dealing with what your grandmother dealt with? Because, like, I know my grandma struggled, but I know my grandma wouldn't want to, wouldn't say to me, like, well, at least you got it better than me. She would want me to thrive. And so the right. question would be, what does thriving look like right now for people? And 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 then we can talk about uh, the, the strides that we are making, but using that as momentum to make thriving possible right now, rather than talking about how um, all of this, the, like the progress narrative, I think sometimes kills the momentum because people say, well, we're living Martin Luther King's dream. And again, like to ask, you know, to, to it, it seems to be like a, like a bait and switch in our language because, you know, Martin Luther King, he well, he didn't realize this dream. He was also murdered, you know. And because right. he was because he was murdered, I mean, to ask like over the course of his life, did things get better? Well, he wasn't murdered until the end of his life. So if we're thinking about like this on some kind of continuum from like a then to a now, and like then is always worse than now, 
And uh, we always try to evaluate our nows as better than our thens or, you know, like uh, the other way. This is how some of these politicians talk about it, you know, talking about making things great again and things have gotten so bad now. Um, I think that we're being dishonest in the conversation that we're having about what now really feels like and what the uh, and what the needs are for so many of the folks who are overlooked in the now. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, and, and and I guess when I ask, I assume uh, and and maybe a lot of people don't understand that, and and I think I think you'd know, but you just wanted to specify for sure. But I just met in the last year since we talked. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, do, do, do you yeah. you know do you feel like at least conversations are growing? You also live in a different part of the world. You're in Charlottesville, Virginia, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and you were in Clemson, you know. And, and there's a lot of things that that you helped uh, reveal part of history down there, and. And and all, everything you're doing is good. Is it reflecting? Do you feel like you're doing good? Are you seeing things happen from what you're doing or just from what the world's doing? In the well, work? you know, I'll, I'll say it this way. I have hope. You know, like hope is the thing that motivates the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so, again, like over, even over the past year, I think that what has been revealed is you know, like the kind of the kind of hell certain folks are going through. Yeah. And, and and that being revealed, I suppose, is a good thing so that we can all work uh, on it so that we can all kind of be in it and try to, to come up with some solutions. Um, but, you know, those revelations for some folks, it's like, yo, I'm I'm mad tired right now. And I've been dealing with this for the past, you know, 10 years. And now folks are coming to this this uh this knowledge or this understanding that these things are going on and wanting to now to like try to bring me along and i'm like well you know i've been out here my feet hurt you know my arms hurt i've been you know been out here like stomping protesting marching etc and so the idea that like some folks have come to the understanding that things are going on it's a great thing i think that having uh people who are able and willing to um, to, to to fight with you is a great thing. Yeah. Um, and and I think that if that if that's a way that makes us if that's something that makes us feel better about the work that we have yet to do, then I'm all about us uh, having that be the narrative that invites us into it and helps to propel us forward. Yeah. I just always want to caution us against the narrative that is going to stop the momentum uh, toward uh, the, the the more just. Mm-hmm. world that we want to, to to live in and i don't think that we've gotten there because as these revelations no, no. come then there are revelations of the ways that people actively uh and consistently attempt to thwart the justice that we're looking for right. in the words of ad things are things are looking familiar and then one of your yeah. songs man yes yes it, boy, it's familiar. Yep. <laughs> yeah boy it's familiar hey man you've been <laughs> pretty prophetic and as it relates to a being ad the great and you've done some great things uh, you have you wrapped your uh, thesis. Am I right about that? Dissertation. Yeah. Dis- your, sorry, your dissertation. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that process, man. Was it tenuous? How how did that work? And what made you want to wrap it? And take was- and, and take that answer into your current work, which is, I don't even know how you get your brain around this stuff to do a mm-hmm. mixtape essay. You're, I, I I can't even figure out what you did mm-hmm. and how many different formats and mm-hmm. levels that this delivers on. And, and, and you kind of create this, this format, but so t- take us from dissertation on through, uh, I used to love to dream. Okay. Word. Yeah. So, I mean, first, you know, I want to say that, you know, I'm always kind of thinking of, um, thinking of, of hip hop and like rap writing as a kind of methodology. So not like, hmm, how can I say? It? So I'm just thinking about the, these, these questions about, race and place and literature, history, rhetorics, performance. I'm thinking about all of those things in, in the form that the work takes is rap music. Um, and, you know, like thinking um, about how we might layer samples or how we might, might take a piece of media that exists and then turn it into something new. And the new thing for me is always generally a rap song or something that sounds very close to a rap song. Mm. Um, I think that rap, Or, well, let me say first, I don't think that this is a special kind of rap or anything. I'm not doing, like, I'm not inventing a genre of rap. It's just, like, the rap that I've known that I've loved since I was really, really little. You know, like, me and Chris, back in the day, used to, like, well, we used to write battle raps against each other, Mm -hmm. uh, Jew as well. Um, And But I think that rap is already uh, racialized. And um, and you might see that there's an essay that that goes along with the album called uh, "Rap and Storytellingly Invention," um, 
where I kind of talk about what uh, Sylvia Winter talks about, uh, genres of humans. Um, so um, all of these things are things that the rap that I always loved has always done. And uh, because I appreciate that kind of music, that's the kind of music that I try to create. And so you see that um, in, like, the, the, the track See the Stripes from uh, my dissertation, Owning My Masters, The Rhetorics of Rhymes and Revolutions. And that seemed to intersect, because I was talking about Clemson, yeah. it seemed to intersect with uh, activism that was happening across the, the United States. You think about, like, the uh, University of, uh, like, the Missouri football team, uh, you know, things that were going on uh in, in Ferguson, in um, Stockton, California, the Roads Must Fall um, campaigns, uh, even, you know, like there are activists that, uh, that I linked up with, you know, met in uh, Sydney, Australia. And all of that work was really just me making the kind of music that I made when I was at home and then when I lived in Springfield. It's just that I wasn't living in Decatur or Springfield anymore. I was living in Clemson, South Carolina. And so I was responding to what was happening in Clemson and also responding to what I was reading as a doctoral student. And I've continued to do that after uh, graduating and then coming here to Charlottesville. And so there was Sleepwalking Volume 1, which really just takes place from the time I graduated from Clemson up until I started teaching my first class and over the time that the Unite the Right rally happened here. Mm -hmm. And I did Sleepwalking Volume 2 which is a much shorter project, and it's just kind of talking about the language, uh, like how do you act in language against, uh, you know, active um, and, uh, you know, persistent white supremacy, a kind of violence that is always around you. What is the appropriate response to this violence that's always around you? And then I Used to Love to Dream was really more, the um, I did another uh, mixtape in there that was called uh, Battle Royale, or it's called the Royale, but it was um, um, yeah, it was about this. It was the music for a play that was put on here oh, okay. um, in Charlottesville. So then I used to love to dream was me thinking about uh, like trying to like thinking about all of this stuff that's going on here in Charlottesville and, and thinking about all of the things that are going on back there in Decatur mm -hmm. and wondering. How can I, with any kind of, um, with with any kind of, um, I, I want to say, how can I, I speak in in a way that that feels consistent with my uh, my, my 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 ethics, my morals, uh -huh. um, and and have credibility in speaking about the issues that are going on at home. And I thought the best way to be able to do that is through memory because I don't live there anymore. Mm, and mm. Uh, so thinking about like the difference between here, 2020 or 2019 in Charlottesville and there growing up in Decatur became a, a, a great way to be able to try to connect the, 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 um, the then and the now, the mm. here and the there. And, right. um, and so it's, the, it's similar to all of those projects, except that, I'm trying to do like the, the geo specific thing. The thing about location is kind of like a location in my memory and how that location corresponds to what is actually happening in Decatur now. Mm. Yeah. Got gotcha. you. Where, where can people hear it? Where, where are you sending them? Um, so you can go to the University of Michigan um, press website, and that's where you can get the essay. There's a documentary. My uh, One of my brothers is interviewed in there, and my, and my mom, and, um, you know, <clears throat> picture of uh, grandma's house is, is in there my mm. pop's crib um and uh also uh well, courtney i ain't gonna say that never mind uh, what happened <laughs> stories do you do you remember you almost shot me i was gonna talk about that how come you never talk about me <laughs> courtney, almost shooting you man courtney almost <laughs> shot me in my face i am laughing but it is not funny it is courtney real almost shot me in my face when we were in high school yeah good um, i was i was misguided <laughs> he was on the right track <laughs> i was on the wrong track i was courtney carrying had guns a, had a pistol in his pants <laughs> Don't, it's, I'm pretty transparent. You can talk about it. Okay. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, like, I'm pretty this, transparent. It's family. Courtney knocked on the door, came in. He's like, he's rattled. It's me and Chris sitting in, in my pop's living room. And, uh, and Courtney is like, uh, you know, man, like, I don't know. I can't remember what he said. And then he came in and he was like, you know, somebody's after me or whatever. Uh, you know, and, and so he pulls the gun out and I'm like, well, what are you doing with this gun? And he's like, you know, it's people trying to, you know, come coming after me. And so 
the gun is cocked. And I'm like, well, you need to, you need to uncock the gun. Like, this is not safe. Also, we're indoors and it's just us three here. Yeah. And so, uh, Courtney is like, oh yeah, okay, I know how to do it. And so he like tries to dis, uh, disarm the gun mm-hmm. while I'm trying to help him disarm the gun. And the gun goes off and it just so happens that it's pointed over my left shoulder rather than at my face. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so the bullet goes through a picture of my aunt Linda and into the wall. Yeah. And the bullet we, and the bullet hole is still there, I think. Bullet hole is still there. We yeah. tried to clean it up. Uh, AD told on me. Talk about a story to hide from your parents. (laughs) Talk about a story to try to hide. Yeah, that would have been. I'm so happy that God spared uh, AD and me at a particular point in time because he had some phenomenal things for both of us to do. AD, quick question. What (laughs) what verse would you have wanted grandmother to hear today? What verse would you wanted her to hear? Uh. You know, on ampersand, I think I said, uh, you know, I was gifted as a child. Granny listened and said it, um, told me to le- never bury my talents, give it and spread it, learn mm. from a Bible lessons much more than I give them credit. So really, my synesthesia is more like a synesthetic. Mm. <laughs> man, I, hey, Eric, I love it's this It's off the guy, top man. of his head. It's off the top of his head. Hey, <laughs> not, I love you, I said man. this last time he was in. I'm not smart enough to have a conversation <laughs> with him anymore. <laughs> And just everything goes over my head. I just like, can I listen to the music now? <laughs> right. AD, how do you answer the? I think a lot of people don't associate with hip hop, and and I think and probably a lot of white people, but older people, uh, because they hear cuss words, because they they hear they don't they, you know they, they don't listen to the storytelling. Uh, what, what do you what do you say to, to to people that go? Why do you got to cuss so much? Because because um, you you have frontal advisory on your stuff too. Yeah 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 of course, but you know the thing is it's like um, yeah the the. Well, part of it is just the the nature of language. I think that people use language um, in order to include people, and I think that people use language in order to exclude people. And so, if you feel like uh, if you feel like I'm not talking to you, it's probably because I'm not talking to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, like the, the the idea that it's supposed to be for you, um, it, it's kind of a, I mean, it's a poor assumption to begin with. That um, now, so I, when I was working over in Springfield at uh, Quiddity um, and uh, trying and doing these workshops about about uh, poetry out loud and and um, rap on the page, um, yeah, and, and there were lots of older people who came to those sessions because they wanted to know what their children or grandchildren were were listening to, and. I would have to tell them that you have, you you probably need to be understanding of the fact that the audience to this is somebody other than you, and then try to in, embrace or to to hear it in the ears or you know at least thinking about the audience for it, and then that might make it a little um, you know it might make it less challenging. And, okay. and if that's um, go ahead. No, I was just yeah, yeah. I was just agreeing. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so in in that way, um, I believe that. You know, I'm having to pretend to care about what F. Scott Fitzgerald is talking about or what, um, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever the stuff, you know, like whoever, you know, like the Canterbury Tales is written for yeah. whenever I'm in when I'm when I'm in high school or whenever I'm teaching. And so um, I know that audiences who aren't the target audience for rap can tune in enough to attempt to get it and then think about audience. That's not a very difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I think that there that folks unwillingness. Uh, shows, well, not just like a lack of imagination and lack of creativity. I think that that res- resistance reveals something about their character. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they need to be thinking about that. Well, what does it say about me that I'm not going to give this rap album or this rap music a chance? What does it say about how I think about who I believe those people to be or who I believe those people to be talking to? And if you say that you care about the people that the music is for and that it is uh, to, then I think that that care would be enough to um, to, to ease your listening practices into trying to get where it's coming from and who it's going to. Yeah. AD, do you know that you have done as a rapper something that no other rapper on the face of the earth has done with that hmm. dissertation? <laughs> no, other, no other person, not just a rapper, but person hmm. in the world has done what you've done. Do oh, you know that? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta do stuff. Just sometimes you, <laughs> sometimes gotta, you, do you gotta, stuff. gotta do stuff. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, you know, I, that's not for me to say, man. I just like I, I want to continue to 
to do stuff. I want to make work that is, um, I mean, I want to make work that's, that's challenging and I want, um, I want people to engage, you know, like I really, um, you know, I want people to earnestly like listen to the music, think about it as art, think about it as music, think about it as scholarship. Um, I want people to, um, you know, like, share the music with people that they care about. I want people to have conversations with folks that they care about. Right. Um, I want folks to have conversations with people they say they care about, and then I want them to actually care about them uh, and to act in ways that demonstrate their care and love for mm -hmm. them. Um, and, um, you know, just for people to listen over and over, uh, because I think that there's, a, there, there's quite a bit there. I mean, right. that's the music, but I also want the music in these projects to open up space for folks who desire to do different kinds of things and to do other kinds of things. Uh, so yes. for me, this project isn't really so much about me and what I've made. It's about the potential that exists for uh, other other people to uh, create in these spaces, uh, these spaces that are called academics, if they so choose, for people who want, like, you know, young musicians in Decatur right. who also want to go That's to university yeah. and yeah. study. Right, right. Is that's that what, what this Dr. A.D. is t t t saying to young A.D., the little guy that was in the newspaper with the big head that won that award? Is that what you're saying to the young? <laughs> well, well, the, the, the thing is like that, that was I mean, I remember I remember being back like back then. And I know exactly the picture you're talking about. Um, but that was a product of a teacher who, who cared a whole lot. I had an art teacher there at Roosevelt who was uh, who was in incredibly generous with her time and her energy and her um and her effort in allowing me to be a creative artist mm -hmm. and she was with me every day after school working uh while i was working on that project i remember in fourth grade mrs graves made sure to give me these uh poetry anthologies to take home so i had my own poetry books because she knew right. that i wrote poems i mm -hmm. remember um mrs lauderdale when i was in uh high school telling me because Gwendolyn Brooks liked my poetry that it might be better for me to go to the library and work on my poetry mm. um, rather than anything that she might be doing in the classroom because mm -hmm. I had a teacher wow. who I was working on projects wow. with. Yeah. And so I think that um, any of those things that I might have been in the newspaper about, there were uh, dozens of people who were supporting me and holding me up and, like, and, and working with me uh, to, to, to help that. I was just telling somebody else that, uh, you know, grandma was a person like that as well when, you know, she was working there at uh, Eisenhower. And, um, and and what I said was it, it kind of made me jealous when I was there because um, when, when I saw her at school, uh -huh. um, it was the realization that I had to share my grandma with everybody. Right. <laughs> I had the <laughs> same experience. <laughs> right. She really and, was. Um, and, you know, me, you know, like, I'm, you know, grandma's big head boy, you know, like, so... <laughs> right. um, I'm, I'm like, yo, like, that's my grandma, though. That's, hey, my, that's like my real grandma, and she y'all school grandma. Hey, she was, uh, AD was her big head boy, and <laughs> I was her black boy. That's <laughs> my big head boy. That's all right. Hey, AD, he, he wants people, he, if you're going to go looking for newspaper clippings, he wants people to go look at AD's big head in the clippings. Please do. <laughs> Not it's done. hilarious. You don't need to Google him anymore. We've all Googled Courtney's name enough. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, uh, Adrian, you're, I can't be more proud of you, man. Just keep yeah. keep doing what you're doing, and uh, when when this stuff happens, uh, we want to know about it, and we'll talk to you again. We've gone super long with you and taken a lot of time, and we Word. got we got a couple more guests to get on these last 20 <laughs> minutes. So, uh, love talking to you, and uh, get back here sometime, and let me know when you're here. Oh, for sure, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank hey. you so much. Well, I appreciate this conversation. Hey, we'll see you soon, family. brother. I love you, man. Peace. AD, Adrian to me, Carson. Uh, <laughs> that's a Stephen Decatur boy. He is a Stephen Decatur Running guy. red Run and a big red. blue. Yes, yes. And, uh, boy, he's unbelievable. We got to get a break and then get back. Joey Wagner. We'll talk to Joey real quick this week. Um, as, uh, I want to talk about this conversation with Christian Williams, who's in Luxembourg playing basketball now, mm. uh, on, mm. on the professional level. So we'll learn about that and he'll tell us where you can find that because it is a video interview. So we'll chat about that. Anything else he's got and we'll close the show with, uh, what's today? Today's Mark Tupper preview and sport talk. Who, by the way, Dom, who won our, our, uh, Allie Doolin, Mike Mandrell, Rob Lippick, State Farm, good neighbor giveaway today? Uh, Sherry Wins Kunis. Sherry Wins Austin's mama. It was in our general Rihanna running back. And, uh, and, uh, also proud mother of, 
a Marine, I think. I can't remember what, what branch of the military Austin went to. Maybe maybe the Air Force. Either way, he went to the military and uh, proud of Austin, too. We break on the way to break. It's your first peak uh, this hour at a three-day weather forecast. This one's brought to you by O'Shea Builders, too. Courtney Carson. This is your WSOY three-day forecast brought to you by O'Shea Builders. Today, sunny with a high near 80. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 53. Friday, sunny with a high near 82 and wind gusts as high as 26 miles per hour. And then on Saturday, partly sunny with a high near 80. Again, this is your WSOY three-day forecast with your boy, Reverend Courtney Carson. You stay blessed and productive. Keep hope alive and stay born to be old. O'Shea Builders has been providing Central Illinois with high-quality commercial construction services since the turn of the century. No, not this century. Last century. Since 1900, 120 years of experience to get your commercial project done the right way. O'Shea can handle all of your commercial construction projects, from simple building repairs to new construction. You can visit their office on East North Street across from the ADM Training Center or visit O'ShaeBuilders.com. That's O-S-H-E-A to get started today. You've heard of United Way, but do you know the impact they have on our community? Find out more about the United Way and why your involvement is so important. Every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. on Buyers & Company with the United Way update. The United Way of Decatur and Mid-Illinois is working for a community in which everyone has the opportunity to be self-sufficient, whether that be ensuring that no family goes hungry, a child succeeds in school, or emergency and crisis assistance is always available. Listen to the United Way update every Thursday, presented by Tate & Lyle. Improving lives for generations. Are you or your loved one thinking of retirement? Discover a new beginning at Tanglewood Village. We are an affordable, independent retirement community with a home-like atmosphere. Located in Decatur on Route 36 East. Come in for a tour, and while you're here, stay for lunch and enjoy a delicious home-cooked meal. With this beautiful landscape, rural setting, and a staff devoted to your needs, it is then that you will know this community is like no other. Tanglewood Village, a new beginning for your retirement. Call 423-5838 or visit tanglewoodvillage.com. How would you like to have a say in how your donations are used in our community? With the Community Foundation of Macon County's Give 365 Giving Circle, you do. Through the Give 365 Giving Circle, when you donate just a dollar a day for a year, you have a vote in how the funds are used. Just think of all of the good you can do for our community organizations, schools, seniors, kids, the arts, food banks, animals, and so much more with $365 a year. You can donate monthly or a one-time payment. And when your donations are combined with other Give 365 Giving Circle donations, we can do even more for the community. Let's work together to make a more powerful impact. Donate for yourself, with your spouse, or as a family or group to make a difference. Sign up for the Community Foundation of Macon County's Give 365 Giving Circle today and have your say at MaconCountyGives.org. Hear that? Sounds like sizzling bacon, right? Trust me, it looks like bacon, too. Only it's not. It's Johnsonville Sausage Strips. Strips of sausage and amazing flavors like maple and chorizo. You're probably thinking, well, where do I get my hands on this meaty miracle? At the grocery store. Buy the bacon, even though it's sausage. Whoa. Keeping up with the latest news is more important than ever. Luckily, you can listen to WSOY on all your devices, courtesy of Hickory Point Bank. Stream live programming to your phone, tablet, or computer, or activate the WSOY skill on your Amazon Echo. Just say, the first time, Alexa, enable WSOY skill. Then after that, say, Alexa, open WSOY. Brought to you by Hickory Point Bank. Invested. Their investment in Decatur is an investment in everyone who calls Decatur home. This is the Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at NowDecatur.com. You know that's unheard of. Or where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lined in chalk. If there's anybody that's going to join, if there's any uh, hip-hop song that I feel like Joey Wagner might know, it's a little Coolio. Coolio. 
Joey Wagner joins us. Home review. You, you good? You Joey. good with uh, Gangsta's Paradise? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Look, man, you act like I don't listen to music. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just I know your age. I know. I know. Peekin was jumping back in the day. <laughs> yeah. We're inspired most our lives. <laughs> plus, plus, you watch what was the movie where? Um, uh, not Melanie Griffith. Where? Uh, what's her face was a teacher and taught all the bad kids and then took them out to dinner and what, what was what was that song featured in? What movie was that? Nobody's helping me on this. No, say, I don't even know how we got to this part. What, say say that one more time. What movie was that song in? Where What's Her Face is the teacher and uh, she teaches all the kids. and then Fre- Freedom Riders? No. No. It's like that, though. But it was I know what you're talking about. It's My from wife the loves 90s, the movie. I think. I can't remember what. The, uh, it's, it's, I can't get Melanie Griffith that I made. It's not her. It's um, It's also not Meg Ryan. Who's the other older white actress from the 90s? You got a photo? Yep. Cordy's got, got a photo coming for you, Dom, so you can forget what I told you before. Anyway, Joey Wagner joins us, Herald Review <laughs> Sports Writer. We don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, I haven't got a chance to watch it because I just saw it. You, you chatted with Christian Williams. I didn't even know Luxembourg had pro basketball, but but Christian's found a home? Yeah, man. So he signed playing over there. He's played in a couple games. I think he's got a couple more maybe tomorrow and I think Sunday. But he's playing point guard. I mean, it, it's crazy. He... We had, you know, figured some visa issues out to get over there. It was like a four different stop wow. process. He flew to Boston and then to Germany, to Portugal, and all these different places to get there. He gets off the plane, you know, kind of gets adapted, has two practices, and he's playing 40 minutes of point guard. <laughs> <laughs> is, is the, so is it the Luxembourg League? I think so. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I haven't turned my mind, but yeah, it's a, I believe it's just the Luxembourg League or in that area. and it was appealing to him because he wanted to be a point guard. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was an important position for him to play. That's where he sees himself. You know, a, a little bit of uh, you know St. T. vibes. Obviously, he didn't have the offensive, uh, I, I guess, expectations that I were at Indiana State. And you know, it sounds like he's relishing that, that opportunity. Well, the hardest thing about it is to be away from home. And uh, you know, the guys that have done it the longest time that, that we know, the Rodney Walkers, the Monty Wilson seniors, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Robinson. I, I, I can't speak for Monty, but Rodney. Had a wife go with him to Australia. He found a wife in college. You know, I don't know exactly yeah. when she came along, but but also Jeremy found a. a I don't know if he's married yet, but he, he's 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 with mm-hmm. he's been with the same. Um, I, I can't remember what he told me. She knows like six different languages. She's like one of the smartest <laughs> people he's ever met. He cussed him out in a different language. He don't oh, know yeah. what's going but on. He's he learned a couple languages. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe he's still in Sweden. I'm not sure if he's playing or coaching right now, but he had a heart issue and he overcame that. You know, so I mean it. It's it's hard to overcome, you know. Some of our greatest players um, have said, you know, maybe overseas wasn't for them for a while. And uh, the longer you can do it, the more money you can make. Well, you know, here's the thing with Christian: he's not planning on being in Luxembourg long. I mean, this is. I said, you, you going to do any sightseeing? What's on the agenda to get out? He goes basketball. Yeah, basketball's my agenda. I mean, he, he wants to. He wanted to play in the NBA summer league. Obviously, COVID has completely upended the NBA schedule. Yeah. Summer league doesn't look like a thing. You know, I, his goal is still to play in the NBA, and this is a good. I mean, right now, in terms of where where can you get tape, what can you do? You do you go where you season, go. and it's in Luxembourg for him right now. And even if it's not the NBA, you're still assembling an international resume. Um, you know, we saw Robo Krebs go to Yugoslavia or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, right. we saw. You know, it was a little harder, I think, in the '90s. It's a little easier now because there's, mm-hmm. there, there's like a universal place for international basketball where where, where scouts can go to find guys. Right. Tyrese and had to bounce nice, around. Nice Rodney had to, off of it too, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and some countries pay you well. Look what D, look what D's making in China. Seven figure guy, last I heard. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and you just got to find your way to those leagues. And what is Christian six six? Yeah. Six six ball handling point guard. He may just he just may may just find himself making money for a long long time. Uh, it just won't be here. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there, there's a chance. He, I mean, and there's absolutely uh, the, the truth to making more money here than being a, a, a spot guy in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make more than, right, than, the, than right. the league minimum. Now, that's still going to be the dream, you know, and, and, and nobody would fault him for coming back here. But but a guy like D, he wants to get there, but he's making more money than he would have been if he was on the end of a bench, and making a life for himself. Absolutely, yeah, he's killing it. So it's yeah, tough. It's a cool start. Good place for him. I mean, yeah. you know, again, with everything kind of you know, definitely stopping here and, you know, outlets yeah. to. I can't remember basketball. where I can't remember where D started, but he started somewhere small, too. And then and then I think he got France. And that was that was the beginning of a big one. So I think Rodney, if I'm not mistaken, I think Rodney started small before he went over and became a superstar. There's six flags you know, on, the, on, on Skywalker because right. he went to six countries and he had to build to become an, the Jordan of Australia. Right. 
So. Right, right. FaceTime, man. It yeah. was it was it was said that uh, Rodney Walker's jersey was worth more than Shaquille O'Neal's jersey in, in Australia? Australia. Yes, I, yep. that's that's wild. I mean, before I had any idea who Rodney mm-hmm. was, I was like, you know, we, there's a guy from Decatur who's the Jordan of Australia. <laughs> right. He is the Jordan like, of Australia. I don't care. I don't care if you're you know Luxembourg is tiny. Mm-hmm. I think Luxembourg mm-hmm. might be like the size like smaller than most states. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Jordan of that area, right. hey. <laughs> Go go do I'll what? Take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What I remember from childhood, Luxembourg. This is just me being a nerd. One of the uh, I think two or three capitals that is the same name that has a city. It's the same name as the country. Mm. Luxembourg is the capital of Luxembourg. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't want you to give away the good stuff, Joey. But what do we learn about uh, Christian? You know, more more so than just Luxembourg in, in your conversation with him. I mean, again, man, it's basketball. But the, the big thing I took, Eric, is. This is this is a role that he this is the role that they envisioned for him is what we saw him star in. I guess what you guys are here at this point. Star in at St. Teresa. I mean he's he's gonna be given the keys to do some things in this offense and you know, he's he's learning. I, I still just can't get over the, the time frame, right? I mean no virtually no time that there's a language yeah, that's here. you don't know much of anybody. What do they speak there? <laughs> uh there's I think this is about you have to forgive me for not, <laughs> not remembering that. I've been on so many Zooms last year. Oh, days. okay. Well, I think there's, there's like three different languages, man. And he's uh, he said on on the basketball floor that there was a lot of English being spoken. I think his roommates from New Zealand. So he's he's got there's a lot of it, man. There's a lot of cultural diversity on that team and in that area. Wow, the the flag looks almost identical to France, only the stripes are horizontal instead of diagonal, and it is next to France. So the, the, and he's still getting used to some of the calls. He said it's uh, he's not getting some of the whistles. I think that maybe he's used to getting over. Yeah. It's a little physical. It's okay. So it's it's landlocked in Western Europe, bordered by Belgium to the west and north, Germany to the east, and France to the south. The capital is Luxembourg City, one of the four official capitals of the European Union. Uh, they they speak Luxembourgish, French, mm. and German. French yeah, and German are nothing enough. alike, are they? Boy, that is going to be tough, depending on where you go. <laughs> Anyway, he he, that's cool, he, though. He ventured out once, he said, and he's still learning the bus route. He's like, I was gone for three or four hours, more than I planned. I just have to get back. <laughs> yeah, I got on the wrong uh, first time in New York City. I, I I had to take whatever train. I got on the wrong direction. I went Did all the you? way the other way. So uh, I understand how easy that could happen. Took the scenic me. route. Uh, yeah, I saw all of uh, And you spoke the language Queens. to ask for help. What's that? And you spoke the language to ask for help. It's about, it's about one in the morning. The <laughs> it's about one. Well, you told you asked somebody for help. I wasn't asking anybody at one in the morning. <laughs> we just went for a ride. But by the time we realized it, we were almost to the end of the line. I was like, "Oh, we're almost to Queens. We are definitely going the wrong way." <laughs> so, uh, all right, good stuff, Joey. Sorry to cut you off early, but uh, we went really long with the, with our last guest. It's good to chat with you. Uh, obviously, a lot of inf- Illinois information coming up. We'll get a chance to talk about in the coming weeks and. Hopefully inching closer and closer to some high school chatter. Hopefully. We'll see. Have a good one, brother. All right, man. So Take long. care, guys. Joey yeah. Wagner, uh, the uh, Decatur's Coolio is what they say. Uh, Decatur's Coolio. Or Pekin's Coolio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, they said, well, you know, the Coolio of our area is Joey Wagner. Really? Yeah, that's what they say up there. That's what I hear. <laughs> last break. On the way to the last break, last peak of a three-day weather forecast. Making it sexy is Courtney Carson. Mark Tupper to preview Sport Talk next. This is your WSOY three-day forecast. Today, sunny with a high near 80. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 53. Friday, sunny with a high near 82 and wind gust as high as 26 miles per hour. On Saturday, partly sunny with a high near 80. This is your WSOY three-day forecast with your boy, the Rev. Courtney Carson. You stay blessed and productive and keep hope alive. Happy birthday, Reverend Jesse Jackson. As our community moves forward, just say the word. We are here. Shop on Main is here to serve our community with modern looks and old-fashioned pamphlets, an experience you won't forget. The staff at Illini Supply is here to help develop home office solutions to suit any needs, keeping you comfortable while at home or at the office. Dynagraphics supports Central Illinois businesses by providing plexiglass partitions and custom floor graphics, keeping you and your customers safe. We will rise better, stronger together. Message brought to you by the Decatur Regional Chamber of 
422-2400 is still a phone number you need to save just in case. At 422-2400, Bory Law Offices has over 35 years of helping a Decatur community in need of bankruptcy, divorce, and family law. At 422-2400, Andrew Bory is that friendly voice in a time of need, also with estate planning, preparing a will, and plenty more. So whenever you need them, call Bory Law Offices at 422-2400 at 225 South Main Street in downtown Decatur. I'm Corky Nicholson from Hickory Point Bank. What good are values if they change according to circumstance? At Hickory Point Bank, our values are as constant as the sunrise, which is why we've inspired trust and loyalty among our customers for decades. Of course, we consider loyalty a two-way street, so no matter what the circumstances, we'll be here to serve you, to guide you, and to help you succeed. Because those are the values that matter most. Hickory Point Bank. Invested. Member FDIC. The Eric Lee Show with Richland's Courtney Carson, presented by Earth Mover Credit Union, is back on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. And now you can win every day. Listen each weekday between 3 and 5 p.m. for the Good Neighbor Giveaway with State Farm Insurance agents Allie Doolin, Rob Lippick, and Mike Mandrell. The State Farm Trio was stimulating the economy by giving back 40 $25 gift cards through the end of October. Eric Lee and Courtney Carson with Allie Doolin, Rob Lippick, and Mike Mandrell with the Good Neighbor Giveaway on WSOY and NowDecatur.com. While your garage door has probably worked for many years without noticeable trouble, many homeowners make the mistake of not having their garage doors regularly inspected and maintained. This lack of maintenance can lead to inconveniences, like being stranded inside or out of your garage, and costly emergency repairs or frequent technician visits. Don't let this happen to you. Instead, just give Mid-State Overhead Doors a call at 422-8030. That's 422-8030. Mid-State Overhead Doors. This is the Eric Lee Show on WSOY 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at NowDecatur.com. Winding things down on this Thursday. Coming up next is Sport Talk with Mark Tupper and Tim Kane. Mark Tupper joins us now on the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotline. Stubbs, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm uh, I'm all right. I'm sure you guys are going to talk some baseball. i got to be honest. I wasn't upset when the Cubs lost. I expected it. So did I. I just didn't I, feel I good about it. I did too because I didn't. I didn't see how they could manufacture runs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, 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 with, with disappointing. All, all four of your top hitters hit under two hundred for the for the for the for sixty real? games. Yeah. So I mean, it was just I, they 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 got enough three run home runs to win enough games, I guess. And they were hot for the first three weeks of the season as a team. They, that's what that's what carried them. Yeah, absolutely. They had a big enough lead. So <laughs> I chose them to win. I wanted the Cubs to win, man. Uh, you chose. You chose everybody. Everybody you chose lost. <laughs> Courtney had the Cubs over the White Sox, and the, and the Cubs were the Cardinals, then the White Sox. It didn't go well. But he doesn't watch a lot of baseball. So. I don't watch baseball. We well, guys, you know, we can't uh, overlook the fact. I assume um, it was in the eighth inning, and Atlanta was ahead seven nothing. I assume they polished polished off the Marlins. Is that correct today? You know, I've been tracking the A's and Astros so much, I didn't go back and look either. Yeah, seven nothing. It's a final, so Atlanta has. And, and I mean, every time, that, so they win that series and they advance. And and you know, I I keep remembering that the Atlanta Braves are managed by Brian Snicker, born in yep. Decatur, Illinois. Um, start at Macon High School. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.